This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and I'll be detailing the Raptors' latest win against the lowly Chicago Bulls. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. And secondly, Raptors Republic and Talking Raptors are putting on a special event you might want to know about it. It's the One Night Stand live podcast. It's hosted by Talking Raptors hosts Barry Taylor and Nick Rendlinson. There's a panel. I'm going to read the guests off for you. It's Tim Chisholm from Raptors Republic, Katie Heindel from Raptors Republic, Vice, Yahoo, wherever she's freelancing for, William Liu of Yahoo, Blake Murphy of The Athletic, Kelsey O'Brien, formerly of Raptors HQ, Alex Wong, a.k.a. Stephen LeBron of Yahoo, and Louis Zatzman, my guy, of Raptors Republic. If you want to attend that, it's at Betty's, 240 King Street East, Monday, 7 p.m., April 8th. It's a free event. There's limited seating. To RSVP, visit bit.ly backslash rapcast-live. Or just show up and hope for the best. Anyway, getting into the game. Pretty boring game, if we're being honest. It was Chicago Bulls. They didn't have Levine. Laurie Markinen left with the sickness in the second half. No Wendell Carter Jr. Basically, they would have belonged in the G League gym that the Raptors 905 were playing in, I guess would be something to say. Because they they weren't comprised of very many NBA players. They do have Robin Lopez. They do have guys who can, you know, take a lot of shots. But it's a pretty weak team overall. And the Raptors handled them. I mean, the game started out with Kawhi got two steals in a row, seemingly just because his hands are large. And he's he's capable of doing that. We all know this. But it's kind of funny to see it happen just to start out a game without him even applying so much pressure. And I think he finished with six steals. So that was that was present for most of the game. Chicago Bulls had a ton of problems scoring the whole time. Obviously, in a game that's played as loose as this one, they did end up getting to a better score at the end. But one of the one of the most fun things was that, you know, in a game like this, that didn't really matter. Nick Nurse did his best to go 11 deep as soon as possible, especially considering he didn't have any of the 905 guys who were at the playoff game tonight. And Nurse, yeah, he went straight to Lynn off the bench. He went straight to Powell off the bench. Patrick McCaw, who, as Eric Kareen pointed out, was contending for lowest usage Raptor ever. But he put up some shots to uh, to remove himself from that contention. A lot of weird things happened and seemingly just got to play a bunch of different guys with almost no risk that this game would be bad for the Raptors, at least in outcome. As far as watchability, yeah, not so great. I mean, Pascal Siakam cruised through the first half. He was cooking whoever was opposite of him, and that was Kawhi as well. It, well, for most players, honestly, there was, a, there was a lot for them to do 
and they didn't have any trouble doing against Chicago Bulls. OG, um, we saw a couple impressive finishes from him at the rim, something he struggled with for quite some time, something is breaking down big men on the way to the rim, or even breaking down anybody off the dribble. But he had two impressive takes. One was a left-handed finish. One was an across-his-body right-handed finish. Both, you know, required quite a bit of dexterity. When I was at practice the other day, he was going through a lot of high-off-the-glass finishes with the trainer, um, finishing off both feet, gathering, finishing high-off-the-glass. So the work is always being put in there. And OG, nobody, I haven't heard anybody complain about his work ethic. By all counts, he's supposed to be this wonderful young player on the team that everybody loves. And I think that fits. And I think that's very apropos for his outlook and who he is. So it was fun to see him seemingly grow his game a little bit tonight. Maybe just in front of our eyes, but the work goes in behind the scenes. Another thing that was kind of cool was Powell. Um, Powell hit another really deep three. There's been this weird narrative. Sorry, not narrative, but there's been this weird trend of him being able to hit pretty deep threes this year. I don't know if I'm the only one noticing it, but he's had probably five or six that were somewhere around the early beginnings of Curry range. Now, it's there are a lot of players who can hit deep threes, but it's not something you generally expect from Norman Powell. He's you know he's a slasher. His three point shot is something that is very very welcome, very welcome. But he's a slasher for the most part. He's going to try and get to the rim. He's an elite athlete, and that's something we want to see from him. So the fact that he's pulling from very deep is it's fun, and it's something I like to see. And so he closed out the first half on a shot like that it was probably like eight feet back of the line maybe like a a 30 29 footer and yeah he banged it in and the raptors in a really really easy half they won 56 to 41 there was no pressure nobody was pressing for anything they won 11 deep and there didn't seem to be any problems um we might see if we're talking about looking forward to seeing not just like the 11 men maybe a glimpse of an eight-man or nine-man playoff rotation. I'd expect to see that against maybe the Heat or the Nets going forward, but it's not something we're going to see tonight. Like I said, the Bulls, it was a skeleton crew for them, and they were already you know, a basement dweller of the Eastern Conference. So taking them from being a bad team to even worse didn't seem really fair. But that's just how it works sometimes, you know. It's it's the end of the season. Some teams are wearing down. Some teams are some teams are gearing up. The Raptors being the latter, the Bulls being the former. I mean, it's the Tankathon. Everyone wants Zion or RJ or Cam Reddish or Ja. It's there's a lot of guys that are being seen as prospects, and that's a part of the game. The Raptors, their part of the game is to stay healthy now to try and ride it out into the playoffs work on chemistry. That's why Marcus All, I'm guessing, is getting the start more often than not because I think that they do view him as the playoff starter that could be and probably should be match dependent a little bit. There's always going to be room for like a Serge Ibaka series against the Bucks or something of that ilk. 
because of course, I mean, Serge Ibaka is no slouch. He's been terrific for the Raptors this year. And contrary to popular belief, he hasn't fallen off since Gasol's arrival. He's just doing different things. And tonight he was, I mean, he led the team in scoring tonight. Or sorry, no, he didn't. Uh, Norm Powell had that great burst at the end. But Serge Ibaka, he, he was at 16 points when everybody else was at 14. Kawhi was really, really, you know, relaxed tonight. He was working in and out of the post every once in a while. He wasn't getting up at the rim. He was pump faking when he got there and just wanted to take easy layups. He didn't want to take the contact. And so, I mean, guys like Kawhi and Kyle, Fred even, were taking it pretty easy, which after the game against Charlotte, which was kind of a crazy game, you understand why they want to do that. You understand why they are doing that, especially with Kyle alluding to his ankle perhaps not being healthy for the rest of the year, which is an eyebrow raiser, but it's something that he said, and I guess we can't help but take him at his word for it, right? Kawhi, he he had a, a very big contribution in the Charlotte game towards the end, expended a lot of energy, and also that was his third game in five days, which was his first time doing that. So this game, I understand against the Bulls with their roster looking like that, he was in chill mode. He was just hanging out. And Fred, Fred has been playing out of his mind lately. So good for him that he could just kind of kick back. It's really important that Fred stays healthy. It's, well, one of, one of the most important players on the roster is Fred Van Vliet. And last year he was third in six-man-a-year voting, and the Raptors didn't have a healthy version of him for the playoffs. And he, he looms larger than life for this team, especially for the bench. So... Guys like that, Pascal Siakam played like 20 minutes, Kawhi played 21, Kyle Lowry 21, Marcus All 20, like Fred played 25, and I think he might have led everybody in minutes, but it, was, it wasn't it was such a hard game for him. He's just kind of running the offense. He was giving the ball to Powell a lot in horns, or letting Lynn try and grind away in the pick and roll. And I guess just to hit on Lynn and then probably Powell afterwards, Lynn is having a lot of trouble navigating the pick and roll and getting to spots he's comfortable in. Not only that, but he's not been effective as a spot-up shooter. He's getting open shots. They're not falling. And it's a tough position for him to be in right now because in a game like this against a lowly team like that, you kind of expect you want to hand the reins over to that guy and have him hold it down and then maybe you do get to rest Fred Van Vliet more often like for more minutes but Jeremy Lin was a minus 15 I'm pretty sure that was the worst of everybody and it's because when he's on the court the Raptors generally try to put the ball in his hands why because he hasn't been very effective off the ball so his ceiling is with the ball in his hands Unfortunately, he hasn't been able to capitalize or even get close to his ceiling. He hasn't been able to manipulate the pick and roll the way anybody wants him to. He's not creating diving lanes for the bigs. He's hardly ever even creating popping lanes for the bigs. And he's getting caught in no man's land without a dribble a lot of the time. And with his back to the basket and facing out towards the three-point line, looking to lob it back out to reset. And the Raptors' offense, it tanks 
horribly when he's when he's in the game and doing that. So I guess that's like a diatribe. I don't mean it to be too offensive to Jeremy, but he's having a tough time out there. And say what you will about his defense, his compete level, something like that. But it's a tough addition right now if he's not going to be able to do the things, at least one of the things that he is capable of doing, which is running the pick and roll, creating some good to decent shots. But he hasn't been able to do that. Norman Powell, man, what a what a fun game. Norman Powell's had a pretty good stretch in the last three games. He had that absurd 11-rebound night, I think, against Oklahoma City um, in the Scotiabank Arena where he was just grabbing every loose ball. His energy was palpable. And then the Hornets game, he was a massive part of that comeback. He, he had steals. He had his triples. And he, he pressed up on the Hornets in that game. And this game was... It was no different, really. It was he saw a Bulls team that wasn't going to contest him heavily at the rim, and he also saw a Bulls team that wasn't able to keep up with his athleticism in the open court or even in the half court. And when Norman Powell sees that, he his eyes he goes red. He just sees rim. That's all he sees. And I think he was four or five from downtown tonight, which is kind of shocking but not if you've seen, I guess, playoff mode of Powell against, let's say, the Bucks or the, well, the Pacers, he didn't shoot well. He just defended well. But the Bucks, Norm is prone to these stretches of hot shooting from downtown. He's a, a fairly basic shooter with a hitch in his jumper. And if the hitch isn't catching too bad, then, then it's going to fall. And especially if he's taking open jumpers like he is or like he was tonight. So I was really happy to see Norm play that way. He's been, I guess, resurgent of late, inserting himself into maybe Nurse's mind for saying, hey, look at me. I'm I'm a guy you can look to in the playoff rotation. And that might come at the cost of OG Ananobi, which is which is kind of sad to see. Because that was one of the that was my question that I asked Nick Nurse in practice was Ojiana Nobi, stylistically, this year is so much different than last year. He's being asked to do different things. What version of Ojiana Nobi do you want to see in the playoffs? And he, he had a long answer where he talked about OG. He's got a lot of self-confidence. There's a lot of things that he believes he can do. We've seen him put together a lot of really, I guess, high IQ and high capability offensive moves in the summer. We believe in him, and we wanted to give him that rope. But he said that he's going to try and rein him in a little bit, get a couple of the guys doing more role-player stuff, which I think for this year, for something OG can return to, the bedrock of his play is play great wing defense, hit your spot-up triples, and he does. He puts up shots at practice, man. He's working in the gym, and and try and attack from the weak side. It's it's an easy idea of what a 3 and D guy can do. And without putting the burden of shot creation on him to, to gum everything else up. And not asking too much of him to guard these big men. I know I'm not talking that much about the Bulls game. But there wasn't that much to take away from it. The Bulls are <laughs> they're not a great team. The Raptors played them pretty straight up. 
and they dominated them in every facet of the game. Marcus All had his way with Lopez. Ibaka had his way with Felicio. Arcidia Kono couldn't hang with any of Van Vliet or Lowry. Danny Green was hanging out the whole time. He made a triple. He made two, I think, and he played like less than 15 minutes. I'm almost certain of it. And the Raptors just kind of chilled on their way to, to doing it. Pascal, Pascal was running wild in the first half, like I said. And Norman, Norman, I guess Kawhi had a very quick stint to start the third where it looked like they put away the Bulls, then some Lynn minutes brought the game back closer. But then Powell, OG, and Serge seemed to close it out again. All in all, it was a pretty simple game for the Raptors. It, was, it wasn't hard. And it was a nice, easy game to get a lot of guys rest, especially after Kyle came back early. Kawhi's played, I guess, four games in seven nights and three and five before that, which I know he's a professional athlete, but as far as this year, that's groundbreaking, I suppose. OG, I guess I should touch on, he took an elbow to the head. I haven't heard anything about how he's doing or where he'll be at as far as concussion or concussion protocol. I'm just hoping that he's doing better. And yeah, the game was pretty easy. There was a couple of shining players that did well against the very bad Bulls. And I don't think this game could be anything but good for building chemistry and just putting everyone in a good mood and moving forward for the road trip. The awards, the Mitchell Robinson Award, I couldn't find a Bulls player that was worthy of being a villain other than Laurie Markinen because he left sick and deprived us of watching the only good Bulls player. So maybe that's it. I don't even know how to liven up this podcast because the game was so boring. I don't know if there's like a, a Chicago John Mulaney accent or something. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> um, the Reggie Evans Award. I gave it to Kawhi slash Norm, the first co-winners of my, I guess, stint as host. Because Norm had, like, he's, the way he's been impactful in the last three games is almost strictly hustle. And Kawhi had six steals. I, that's absurd. And he had two simply just because he's standing around with those long hands and long arms. And he just falls into these things. And his capability of to play just a couple seconds of crazy intense defense, overwhelm a player that they just lose the ball, is almost unparalleled league-wide. So I wanted to give it to them. And yeah, I feel good about those choices. I'm, I'm not mad at it at all. And among the other things, oh, by the way, I have to let everybody know, the adjective wheel has been scrapped. Don't be sad. It was a pretty bad bit anyway. And since that's gone, we're going to be moving on to the quick reaction, which is where I respond to the quick reaction comment that has the most likes. Hopefully, it's not a horrible one, but let's see. And I guess before that happens, I'll talk about it's disappointing a little bit. It's the Raptors have an embarrassment of riches in the G League program. We've been able to play guys in the G League like Siakam, Van Vliet, Pirtle, not so much Pirtle, and guys like Norm, which has obviously paid massive dividends. But having such a focus on that, 
you know, after OG got injured tonight, Siakam had to go back into the game, which to me wasn't ideal. I didn't really like it. And that's okay. That's something that happens when you when you have a team that, that you incentivize, like, yes, you go to the 905, you're going to win there, we're going to develop you, and then there's a future for you here. But other teams, you know, they would just make sure that the Raptors are shored up, that there was somebody able to be called upon if there's an injury. And unfortunately, you know, in a game where we've seen OG injured, you look back to the New York game where we saw Kyle Lowry injured, Guys didn't need to be in there. And I know the Kyle Lowry thing. Obviously, it was the third quarter. You're not just going to pull your guys in the second quarter to save them for the like rest of the season. Like I get it. But Pascal definitely didn't need to be there in the fourth. And let's say Chris Boucher or Malcolm Miller are there. Then you don't have to worry about it. They get to go get some more NBA minutes. Something like that. But anyway, the quick reaction comment. Clips. C-L-I-P-S-E. Not that it matters, but a C-plus for Ibaka is kind of harsh with that stat line. Um, wow, now I have to go discuss someone else's grades. Matt! Matt did the quick reaction. Jeez, that makes me sad. I like I like Matt so much. Serge Ibaka, C-plus, we'll read it. Didn't take a single swing at Rob McCormick tonight. <laughs> so depending on your preference, that is either a good or bad thing. On the plus side, we did see some moments of chemistry in the pick and roll between Serge and Kawhi, and it was nice to see him get back to some quick-release jumpers, but he was a little too happy to block some shots tonight. His desire to challenge shots meant he got blown by by multiple times by Cristiano Felicio, which sure ain't good. He also put up 16 points, 8 rebounds, and was a plus 3 on a bench unit that was not so good. So Clips, I think I agree with you. C-plus is a little bit harsh, but also Matt is cracking jokes. And the quick reaction grades are just fodder for everybody to chew on. Except for when I do it, then it's very serious, and it's all that matters. And when I say a player, when I give a player a grade, then that's all it is, and it can't be debated, as we all know. I think that's a good place to end it. Thank you guys so much for listening. The Raptors beat the Bulls 112-103. This has been the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I've been your host, Samson Folk. Have a great night or morning whenever you listen. Have a blessed day.